0: It's great to be back with you. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. This is the Jewish Growth Podcast. Several days ago, someone posted the following question on Twitter. They asked, what's your 11th commandment? Now, I firmly believe that the entire Torah is included in the first 10 commandments, but I did find this question to be intriguing, and it reminded me of Pirkei Avos, where many of our sages have a single teaching that is central to their message. What's your 11th commandment? I know mine. It's, don't look back in life. In truth, it's so easy to look back and feel doubts about where you are today because of choices that you made or didn't make in the past. And doing this is not a good idea. As my Rosh Hashiva once told me, don't look back in life. Loth's wife tried that, and it didn't work out too well for her. The reality is that here we are. And in light of this, we need to seize the day no matter where we are today. And as we look at the world with an abundance mindset, There's innumerable opportunities that stand before us exactly where we are. In today's Jewish Growth Podcast, we're going to take a deeper look at how to be forward-looking in life, especially in light of the Megillah and Chodesh Adar. Now, in a recent episode, we explored the idea of embracing our regrets as we argued that we don't have to pretend that we don't have regrets in life when we really do. And without retracting on that message, today I want to present a different angle of how we can live our lives in a very forward-looking manner. One of the challenges that we face in life is where we look back and wonder if we could have done things differently. Several weeks ago, I was approached by a friend who was telling me about his efforts to get accepted to a particular graduate program, and he's made every effort possible to get into this program. And yet, as he shared with me, he feels a lot of anxiety. He knows that, as the saying goes, everything God does is for the best. But the only good result that he can imagine is being accepted to this particular program. And he will feel crushed if his plans don't materialize. So, as he plays the waiting game, he wonders, could he have done more to increase his chances? Is it possible that he could have done a better job in the process And I was so grateful that he confided in me about such an important personal challenge. And as I thought about this conversation, I realized it's a question that we all struggle with. We all live with questions about our past. We may wonder if we could have done better or if there was an opportunity we could have taken earlier. How do we persevere when we feel this kind of personal doubt? And I suggested to this friend that there's a bigger picture of our life to consider. We're going to get back to that bigger picture, but when we think about it, the big picture of life is really what the Megillah is all about. Megillah's Esther comes at the end of Tanakh, and in the big picture of Torah, the Jewish people are a nation in a bris and a covenant with Hashem. Klal Yisrael crossed the Jordan River, built the base of Mikdash, and eventually there was sin and destruction, and we were exiled to Babel. Then Babylonia fell and Madai Persia takes the reins. Most of the Jews by now are in Shushan where Haman arises and decrees destruction for the Jewish people. How did Klai's feel in that time? They must have been asking themselves where is that bris? Where is that relationship with Hashem? And within the Megillah itself the details are tantalizing. How can this be happening? The Jews of Shushan are bewildered. The Megillah unfolds in a greater context of Jewish history. But those days of Haman's decree were bleak. According to the Vilna Gone, the Megillah points us to a timeless lesson. In the Megillah, there is a threat of destruction and deliverance. And yet, in the background, so many random events are taking place. Mordechai and Esther just happen to be in Shushan. And then Vashti gets tossed out of the palace. And we have a combination of politics and blind luck and fate, spelling the saving of the Jewish people. When you're focused in every small detail, it's hard to appreciate, but when you stand back, all the details are pointing to one lesson. Israel, the Jewish people, are still God's people, even in the age of Haman. The Vilna Gon quotes a well-known Gemara in Chulandaf Kuflam and and Beis 139b, which asks, Esther minataram Minayim, where do we find a hint to Esther in the Torah? And the Gemara answers that Esther is written in a verse in Devarim. Vanochi hastir astir panai biomahu. I shall surely hide my face from them on that day. The Vilna probes into this passage. Why would the Gemara search for a hint to Esther of all people in the Torah? There's plenty of tzaddikim in Jewish history which the Gemara does not necessarily seek out a hint for in the Chumash. And the Vilna Gaon posits that the Gemara is asking a deeper question. Where do we find a source for a person like Esther? How do we know that even in times of hiddenness, God will perform miracles for us as he did for her? And the answer lies in this verse. Anochi hastir astir panai. God will hide his face. Yes, there is painful Hester concealment. And even still, God will again reveal his face. He is with us during times of doubt and concealment. And furthermore, the greatness of Mordecai and Esther is that they stayed focused in that bigger picture. They lived through all the details of the Megillah story over nine long years. Amidst it all, they never lost sight of God's relationship with the Jewish people. Now often, we live in times of concealment, and we don't know how things will work out. When Mordecai and Esther called a three-day fast and sought to meet the king they didn't know exactly how things would go. When Esther went to Akashveru, she had a plan, but she didn't know how things would work out. On the other hand, they kept in mind that big picture. As Mordecai told Esther, one way or another, Relief and deliverance will come about for the Jewish people. So the Megillah teaches us that in history and in life, we need big picture thinking. As I told my friend who wanted to get into graduate school, you may not know exactly how things will work out. You want to get in this school, but don't forget the big picture. You're going to eventually reach your goals, and sure, it's always possible that you could have done more. But remember the big picture. The combination of your God-given talents, your best efforts, God's guidance will help you realize the greater goal. The mcgill of your life will eventually lead you to the goal that God has prepared for you. And insecurity is natural because human beings, by definition, are not secure. The Chovos lavavos in Shara B'Tachon, in the Gate of Trust, writes that a person needs to put their best effort forward in life and then trust in God. But let's face it, any person's best effort is a human effort. So we might look back in life and say, well, why didn't I take that opportunity when I was younger? Or perhaps I could have done better on this test. And the deeper truth is we may not have been ready. If we look back in life and we feel surprised that we didn't do things perfectly, maybe we have some flawed assumptions about ourselves. Why would we have done things perfectly? We're not God. So we need to get comfortable with the idea that our best is not perfect, and even still, Hashem is bringing us to our destiny. Good people make mistakes all the time. I was talking recently with a woman who had a daughter in a horrible marriage, and thank God this young lady was able to escape from a husband who wanted to control her every move. And when I say escape, I literally mean she had to escape. Now, of course, she learns from her past, but instead of becoming filled with self-doubt, she is looking forward as she plans her future. It's really remarkable that the name of God is never mentioned explicitly in the Megillah. And this is taken to a totally ridiculous degree. Even when Esther commands Mordechai to gather the people for three days of fasting, the verses make zero mention of prayer or God or repentance. There's absolutely no question why Esther was gathering the people. And yet the Megillah presents it almost as a secular kind of story. But even though this picture, this canopy, this painting of the Megillah, does not contain the explicit word God, the whole picture spells God's name. And so there's an unspoken truth. The hand of God that brought Esther to the palace will bring about the deliverance of the Jewish people. And while the verses don't spell out God's name explicitly, the totality of the Megillah is the name of Hashem in our national life. And in our personal life, the details and the doubts can overwhelm, but in the end, there is a bigger picture. This coming week in Shul and synagogue, we will be reading about the Mahtisah Shackle, the half-shackle donation that we brought to the base of Mikdash at this time of year. Why did the Jews bring specifically a half-shackle and not a whole shackle? Well, the answer is that the half-shackle reminds us that we should not say that we have given everything we have because no human being can give everything. But even if we bring a half shekel, that is still an action and that in, it, uh, in and of itself is significant. As we read in Parsha Shkalim, Ha'ashir lo yarbe v'hadal yo mamit mimaktis ha shekel lases es trumas Hashem The rich shall not increase and the poor shall not decrease from giving the half shekel unto the Almighty God. Every person has a portion to give, a special destiny that they're prepared for. And this truth stands in spite of the fact that we are imperfect. And so by definition, our past too is not perfect. Chodesh Adar is a time of rededicating ourselves to the base of Mekdash. We're our half shekel as we anticipate the Jewish people reaccepting the Torah. And as we go into these days, make sure you're thinking about how you can strengthen your connection with Torah learning. And when we look back on the past and we feel doubts, remember Mordecai and Esther. And remember the bigger picture of your life. Learn from your history, but don't dwell on the past. Even with your natural human imperfections, walk forward because Hashem is bringing you to the perfect destiny that He has prepared for you. I'm Ken Brodkin. And this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.